Yes, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TJ. And once again, we are doing our Friday Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page or Facebook group live Q&A. Thank you guys so much for joining. As usual, if you are joining me on the live, ask any questions that you have in the comments below, and I will get to them on today's podcast. If you are joining me on the YouTube channel, or listen to us on the podcasts, comments, thumbs up. Um, subscriptions are probably also important because you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're getting a good stream of these Q&As because once you've strung a good stream of the Q&As together, you get to finally have an idea of what exactly what you need to piece through, you know, piece together your own um your own program, your own protocol, your own sort of systems in place to get you to where you want to be. And that's that's really the goal of this, of, of rugby muscle in general, is to give you the tools that you need to really understand exactly how to get better as a player and apply that to your training, to your nutrition, to your life, to make you a better rugby player. So um, just checking on the feed one more time. It looks like we're okay, but I can't see... Honestly, this isn't the most ideal of circumstances. So first and foremost, my other my my laptop that I usually use, my MacBook Pro, has somehow I, I somehow smashed the screen. It hasn't done anything. Clearly it's my fault. Um I don't know what happened. So that's impacted this live. So I've had to do this on B's, my girlfriend's uh laptop, and we've decided to stream live just straight to the Facebook group because I tried to use the software that I usually use to stream, but I couldn't remember the password because I'm always logged in on my normal laptop. Um, and then not having not remembered the password, it locked, you know, I, I guessed it about five times and then it logged, it locked me out. Like as if someone was trying to hack away at my, like my live stream software to, I don't know, steal my live stream software information don't really get why they felt the need to lock me out of my account but they did that so now we're on facebook which isn't like facebook's actual own live streaming thing isn't the most ideal but we are recording this for the podcast as well so it you know i've had to adapt and overcome and in not in a very dramatic way at all but we are we are still here so we're, we're going live um as usual thumbs up questions in the comments below and we will get right to it. If we do spot out, please just bear with me. It's rained a lot. It's rained pretty much nonstop the last couple of days, which doesn't, which does impact the Wi-Fi here. We will do one more Q and A podcast here in the Dominican before I move on. So hopefully you guys will join me for that. But I'm not sure exactly when it will be. So just keep an eye out for that on the Facebook group itself, because I'll be posting more information about that to come. One more thing we have to get to is the reviews section. So we'll go back to Gage, who gave us the five-star review, says actually teaches athletic workouts to prepare your body. Gage, Gib15, get in touch. TJ, uh, at TJ underscore rugby on Instagram, or TJ, no, yeah, TJ at rugby-muscle.com for more information on how I can hook you up with a free consultation or one free month of rugby, of team rugby muscle 
when we get to it in the new year. That will be relaunching. Um, I guess I'll, I'll put a, m- a more formal inf- announcement together at some point, but we will have Team Rugby Muscle um, uh, was it 2021. So we will have 2.1. So we had Team Rugby Muscle 2.0. Now we'll have Team Rugby Muscle 21 or 2.1, which will feature a live, um, or not a live, but a, a members-only section and a members area where we'll have content to educate you guys as well as, well as um, year-round programs for you to add to your um, gym sessions, things that you can do like either in the off-season, in the pre-season, depending on wherever you're at in your season, we'll have different options for you guys, but it's a year-round program that you can just plug and play, not really think about, but still be able to keep it unique for yourself and adapt it to your own needs okay with all that being said i believe before we get into the podcast we have to do one more thing and that is say is go over the stupid shit that i've done to try and uh, get some gains so first thing i've done or first thing that comes to my head because i've looked at these questions is my post-workout nutrition Um, stupid stuff that i've done in pursuit of gains is i have uh, back in my days when I was like 18 to 19 or 20 or something, when I was first, or would have done it when I'm 20, surely. It would have definitely been in my first year, but I used to uh, go as far as skipping the gym if I didn't get my post-workout ready. So if I didn't have my post-workout shake planned for me to have either in the sauna or in the changing room straight after the gym, I used to essentially not go. I, I, I would skip the gym. I'd be like, oh, this is pointless. I can't go because... I'm not going to be able to eat and I'm going to lose all of my gains. And I literally would picture my muscle wasting away after the gym session. So um, that was dumb. Post-workout window lasts about four hours, if not like even longer. So, you know, as long as you're getting in your pre or post-workout at some point after your training, you're not, you know, you're not going for three days after training without eating. You're not going to waste away your muscle. You're going to be just fine. So, that was another stupid shit I did in the pursuit of gains. Now let's get into the let's get into the actual question, shall we? So the first one we have here is on that on that line of thinking: What should I eat pre and post training? What is the best way to gain muscle? Like, does this matter too much? What are best options for pre training? Carbs, protein, fiber. What is more effective? So I'll first just say that in general, the idea is to have some sort of fuel before your workout, some sort of fuel after your workout. Now, you have like two hours either side at least. As long as you get in some sort of, if, as long as you're eating some sort of protein, probably every four to five hours, you, you're covering most of your bases on your protein front. So if you eat, you know, three hours or two hours before your training, you've still got another two or three hours after your training to make sure you're still getting that protein synthesis in it doesn't happen in a matter of minutes when they that argument was put forth by like supplement companies that wanted to sell you protein powders and because they you know because then if you had like it creates a need to have a protein powder if you have to have a food or if you have to have protein within an you know within minutes of finishing your session well the only you know you can't go home and have some fish and rice or chicken and rice or have you know, some sort of normal food because you don't have the time so it would sell you the protein powders or the protein powders mixed with carbohydrates um so 
in general, that's about as far as you really need to put it in depth. Now, in terms of pre-training, like how much energy you need, because, um, well, this was gaining muscle. So that really covers your basis. In terms of pre-training, pre-training is really going to be, rather than like worrying about like muscle building, it's about performance, right? So you want to get the, to, to build the most muscle, you want to perform the best, you know, the best you can consistently in your training sessions, session after session, after session, after session. It's not necessarily about, you know, getting in the perfect amount of protein before you train or anything like that, because that's just small effects. The big effects are consistently training really well. If you can string together, you know, months on end of really good training sessions, that's going to do more for your muscle gaining than having the perfect amount of protein in for a session. So with that in mind, it's just going to be whatever is best to help you train well. So for some people, that means you know, even if you're in a muscle building phase, you might want to go into the gym without having eaten any food beforehand. Now, you know, that you would argue, well, obviously you need protein or you need fuel in your system to do that. But what you've got to understand is like, yeah, if you eat an hour before the gym, you're not, you, you, that fuel isn't in your bloodstream by that point. Digestion takes a long fucking time. So what you're going to mostly be relying on is the food that's already in your system so if you think about it like from a actual like practical standpoint then it makes a lot more sense that you you know you just do whatever's most com- you know you allows you to have the the most convenient consistent training sessions if for example it's a complete ball ache for you to get to the gym um you know in the, in the evening or at lunchtime or whatever but that's the only time you can have food before you train I would still go with training in the morning in a completely fasted state. Likewise, if you know you have to get into the gym straight after work and you don't have time to get in a snack in that pre-workout window, you know, within one to three hours, like I would still go in and get that session done. I'd figure out what is the um, what is the best way for you to be to feel like you have energy for that training session. Hopefully, that makes sense. Um, other caveats to that would be. Protein shakes are a good way to get in just that little bit of extra protein, you know, before or even during your session. So if you're really worried about like having energy, because for some people, you know, for every person that needs to have, uh, you know, an empty stomach that feels a bit bloated when they're in the gym, if they eat, even if they eat like two hours before the gym, they still feel that food in their stomach and they feel like a little bit bloated. There's someone that, you know, like me who will happily eat, you know, 30 minutes before I train and feel the need, you know, and feel that is absolutely fine because I'd rather go into the gym with um, some sort of food in my system than risk being hungry at any point when I'm training. And then at the same time, on top of that, this is where it gets like really complicated. This is where it's like you understand that everyone is different because at the same time, like it depends on the state. Like if you're dieted, if you're dieting down, if you're on, um, perpetually low calories there's probably more then it gets really important that you you know you might not feel or that you avoid feeling hungry when you're in the gym so then that pre-workout becomes kind of important at the same time if you're you know and if you're someone that's eating a lot of food you're in a calorie surplus you probably don't need to worry about it because you're just in a constant fed state even if you haven't eaten for three hours you're not lacking nutrients at any point in time when you're in the gym and you're probably not going to feel like you're going to be hungry at any point because you're eating, you know, extra calories throughout the entire day. So it really does vary. 
the only things I would say is in an ideal world, depending on you know how your daily food intake goes, in an ideal world, you're going to have less fats and less fiber, less vegetables before, directly before and directly after your session, just because it allows you to get in or allows your digestive system to process those nutrients as fast as possible, right? So if you're training first thing in the morning and you're fasted, like you're not, it's not a good idea probably to have a big vegetable-based meal and then go to the gym because that's going to be stuck in your stomach for a while. You, you know, you're going to take the blood flow away from your muscles um, and it's just going to slow down digestion. What you'd really rather get is just a simple protein shake because it's just easy to digest or something, eggs, you know, eggs and, and white toast or eggs and fruit or banana could be a really good idea before the gym or on your way to the gym. Um, but then again, if you're someone that prefers, you know, you don't like that food sitting in your stomach whilst you're training, you might want to save that until after you finish training. But in general, you want to stay, you know, you know, it's just not overly necessary and it might be an idea if you're really concerned with like getting in a lot of calories and, and getting in the best, the perfect, uh, I guess we, this is pre-training, it's probably staying away from too many vegetables that might clog up your system. That also applies to when you're playing games or when you're doing rugby training as well. Um, in terms of what is more effective, there is no black and white. This is the best. This is the worst. It is massively individual. So the more that you sort of experiment with it, and you take data down and you understand what works for you and what doesn't, the better overall you're going to be to, um, the better overall you're going to be prepared. And over time, you're going to, you're going to really find what works for you. And then even then that might change as you go from low to higher calories or higher calories to low calories. You might start needing to pay more attention, but it's not something you want to overthink. You just want to get into a good groove of it. Cool. Uh, we've got, three more questions one of which is a four more questions which is and one of which is a bumper question so we'll see how we get on with these so first one comes from marcus wood um he says i'm a talent id rep for rugby and i'm looking to learn more information about rugby strength and condition for my players the iid um hit me up on that because i might be able to give you some more information about things that you could look for but that's not the question he's asking today he's asking high hit high intensity interval training workouts good for youth rugby players um good is one way you know, it's not the best word to use but in in general i'd say they're okay but in general i would say no i'd say for youth rugby players and again high intensity interval training can be defined very differently depending on what coach or what athlete you're talking to so just understand that you know i'm going to frame my answer in terms of what i believe high intensity high intensity interval workouts are so in general i'd say no because when you're working high intensity interval training the the biggest problem i see with this is that you perform skills or movements in a labored fashion because you don't get enough recovery. So when you're dealing, especially with youth players, but any players in general, you want to be like making sure that every skill is done as you know perfectly in terms of the actual movement itself. Um, uh, you know, with good, when we talk about running form, you know, we don't want to be running labored. We don't want to teach someone to run labored. We want to teach someone to run 
as efficiently and sprint is an efficient in, in as efficient manner as possible so most likely when they're fresh um and so that would require them to have a lot more rest than they usually get in high intensity interval work in high int- I'm just gonna say hit from now on okay that would require more rest than what they tr- would traditionally get in a hit session likewise when you're doing you know the skills and the power movements and the things that you want to improve that you want to get really good at you want to really make sure that you are a complete expert in performing those movements and those movement patterns and all that sorts of thing all those sorts of things you want to um understand that in rugby they're done for what five to ten seconds right so if if you're if you're doing movement if you watch a game of rugby Look how long a high-intensity bout goes, like any sort of player at any point, right? They're standing around for a minute or 30 seconds, and then they sprint forward and they hit a ruck. That total duration of them sprinting forward and hitting the ruck, or they get take the ball and they take a carry, or they're in the defensive line, they sprint out of the line and they make a tackle, and then they try and make a ruck. Never does that last more than 10 seconds. Most hit workouts have that high interval going for like 30 seconds or a minute, like they do a minute on and a minute off. When you working high, like that intensity, when you're um, on the rugby pitch, it rarely does it happen. And not only that, but it, not only does it, do you not work it that often in rugby, but it doesn't train that, you know, you don't get better by, um, it becomes, there's a very high um well, there's a very low ceiling for improvement, right? So if you're doing a minute of, you know, if you're constantly doing minute on, minute off, you're working the lactic system, which can improve for about four weeks, but then you end up just getting tired and tired. And then you're teaching yourself to do labored movements. You're not really training stuff that um, helps a rugby. And so as an alternative, I've said it millions of times, and you can find it on the Rugby Muscle YouTube channel. Like I always say, do really, you want to work the very, very, very top, so the really high intensity stuff, so those five to ten seconds outputs, either in the gym by you know, especially for youth players, they should be getting bigger and getting stronger. That should be their primary concern at their age and moving better. So five to ten seconds of real good basic strength and muscle building um, and movement based work, and then plenty of rest because they want to teach their bodies to move as efficiently as possible. Not you know, how you sprint for five to 10 seconds in a game of rugby is going to be very different to how you sprint if you're doing a minute on or in a minute off. Okay. Likewise, you then also want to develop the aerobic system so that when you're recovering, you have a really efficient aerobic system that allows you to recover as fast as possible and then repeat those high intensity movements that that isn't done by the lactic system. So you want to, and when we talk about how, you know, bigger ceiling you have to improve, if you work the aerobic system, then that's going to allow you to um, consistently improve and have everything as much of your rugby turn into really aerobic based stuff, and which means that you can do it for longer, you can sustain it better, um, and you can continue to recover whilst you're doing it, as opposed to if you're working in the lactic system where you're doing stuff in the middle and you're, you, you're, you need to recover from doing that. So getting yourself really, really, really aerobically fit in, in terms of how much of a ceiling you have to improve when you're working the aerobic system. Like think about the fact that like most people that you know, do you know, most people, an average person sat down watching TV, definitely you guys listening and watching this podcast have room to be able to run a marathon from wherever you are now. You could take a few months of 
or, or someone, you know, even just picture whoever out of shape person that you know in your head that doesn't do any sort of training at all. If they, for some reason, decided they were going to run a marathon, they would be able to do it. And that's purely because of how much scope we all have to improve in our aerobic system. So if you become really aerobically fit, that is going to make you so much more efficient, but you can consistently improve at that aerobic system for a long, long, long time. I'd also definitely look at doing tempo workouts because then that allows you to work out the, or allows you to train the aerobic system whilst also working those skills, but a lower enough level. Most people don't do tempo sessions in a low enough fashion. Um, you know, they try and push it too hard and then they don't really work the heart rate properly because they get too tired and then they're performing labored and then their heart's struggling and they're not working the aerobic system. Hopefully that all makes sense. For more information on that, check out the Rugby Physical Preparation Pyramid Series on YouTube. Okay, next question. Oh, here's a few questions, actually. Well, it looks like it might be two. Here's a few. Should all weights exercises I do be explosive to some degree? I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to some degree, yes. The only time, the only exception to that would be um, – if you are working specific slow tempoed reps or paused reps or whatever, but in general, like especially as someone that wants to grow muscle or get in shape for rugby, nearly all of your concentric work should be as powerful as it can be. Now, you know, how fast you can bench a 100 kilo bench versus how hard, how fast you can bench a 40 kilo bench is going to actually look different but the effort shouldn't, should be the same. So you should still push that 40 kilos and that 100 kilos as fast as you can. It's just that as fast as you can with the 100 kilos is going to be significantly slower than the 40, unless you're an absolute beast. Um, that doesn't mean that the um, eccentric, that the lowering should be slow and you should bounce out of it. You should always just control, uh, get to a certain point, keep moving as consistent as possible, and then drive it up as fast as you can. So you don't necessarily have to pause all the time, but control down, explode up is a general rule of thumb that you should always just stick to. Number two, I'm really now into my routine of getting a good session in the morning and every day is better. On the days I do take a day off, but I still want to do something, either banged up or tired or just want to chill out. I think you said a 20 to 35 minute jog is just fine. Yeah? I think that, that ends the question. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean... A 20, 35 minute jog, you have to keep it really low intensity. Otherwise, if you start to push it and you push it and you push it, then that starts to eat into your recovery, especially if you're doing a lot of lower body training. Um, you know, the jogging might impact your lower back. So you could do anything off feet would work just as good. But yeah, any sort of aerobic work for 20 to 35 minutes, as long as your heart rate doesn't get above like 130 to 140, you're going to be fine. So keep an eye on that. You could also just go out for a couple walks and that would do the same sort of recovery process. It wouldn't work your aerobic system as well, but you know, if you're doing enough stuff on the other days, like you're saying, you're, you're getting a good session in every morning. I would, I do like the idea of doing something even on your days off like that. If you're, tra if you're someone that trains every single morning, because it keeps you in that habit of, right, I wake up and I do something and then I start my day. And so the, the, the more consistently you can do something, right, even if it isn't a, an actual, you know, prescribed training session, it is a good idea. Um, I think what, at least one of those days it could just be a walk because, you know, then you're still, you know, it's not enough to even 
touch your recovery or, or in, you know give you any fatigue at all but it's still getting out and doing something so then it allows that day to be a full recovery day i wouldn't like sometimes training seven days a week is people think you know they do a recovery day and that counts as a rest day not always because sometimes that will still impact you know still fatigue you so be careful on that Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the physique nutrition crash course video series, the supplement guide, and newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right, a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 53 conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Um, and then he says, lastly, makes me feel a wee bit embarrassed to ask, but usually when I finish my evenings, I look down at my belly. I'm just wondering where it came from. It came from food. Because even with a hard session in the morning and eating well, does this mean I'm possibly overeating even if it's healthy? Sorry for the long questions. Do not apologize. These are the questions that you need to ask. These are questions I need to answer on these podcasts. Yeah, it's overeating. Um, yeah, it's always, always, always overeating even if it's healthy. Absolutely. That's why I always fucking say it. Always say it quantify your diet healthy doesn't there's no number associated to healthy there's a number associated to the amount of calories that you eat then you've got a number that you need to slowly bring down a little bit because i mean nuts are healthy but you could you i could eat 700 calories of nuts in in 15 minutes easily okay it's not about healthy or unhealthy it's about calories in calories out if you're consuming too many calories your body will take those calories and store them as body fat. If you're not consu- if you're consuming less calories than you're putting out, your body will use that stored calories as that is body fat and use that as energy. It's not gonna, um, you know. And if you do it right, you're going to be able to um, use the f- food that you're eating as the perfect fuel to have you train and, and train hard and do all of that. But then your day-to-day movements, your your walking around, your your morning walk, your getting up and walking to the office, your walking around, your 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 um, organs being able to function will all be fueled by your body fat stores, and therefore, slowly over time, your body fat stores go lower and lower and lower. You get leaner and leaner and leaner. Okay, it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's all like um, I've got. The next podcast, and actually the podcast that will, if you're listening on the podcast feed, that will already be out, is Fat Loss 101 and Fat Loss 102. And one of the biggest points I really want to emphasize with this is you do not train for fat loss. You diet for fat loss. Training should be about everything else, and that will still facilitate fat loss because it will be burning calories. But if you train for fat loss, it's a waste of time. It fatigues you. It's like That's not why you train. You train to become a better rugby player and then you eat to make sure that your training is fueled in the right way and that you over time burn fat cool all right we're, we're smashing our way through these we've got two more to go and one of them is very long so we'll get through we'll, we'll get into that so first dave asks hola tj looking forward to a good display of 
parrots and man i was going to do this live outside but it, it's rain like i said earlier it's been raining all day today and you can you might even be able to hear the rain trickling outside already i was like all geared to do it up and then it just went and i was like this this whole podcast will be it'll just be a really loud sound of rain and you could maybe slightly hear me talking over the top of that rain so i so i come inside but the next one will be i promise i'll go do one more live before i leave here the dominican and i'll do it outside and it'll be in front of the trees so just for you guys or just for you dave i don't think anyone else gives a shit um how much cardio can i put in when in a muscle building phase i'm aiming for three sessions of lifting every week i was going to put in a set of tempo sprints a 5k and 30 minutes on the row on the low days um yes and no so yes to the idea of doing cardio when you're in a muscle building phase it's really important Uh, and this is a a hack that i've been on a, a recently again if you're listening to the muscle building if you're listening to the fat loss uh um 102s and and rugby muscle applied podcast you'll understand that it the the name is cardio 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 what does cardio refer to refers to the heart it doesn't refer to fat loss or anything else it refers to the heart so you definitely should be taking care of your heart particularly if you're in a pursuit of gaining weight it's actually really important for you so absolutely do some cardio in a muscle building phase it also means that when you get back to um building or when you get back to pre-season when you get back to playing rugby you're not just going to be you're going to show up out of of shape so many people show up out of shape to pre-season or when they go back to rugby after putting on some size not because they've put on the size because they've done fucking nothing in terms of their uh, actual aerobic work and their heart rate work in that time yes this means that you're probably gonna have to consume a few more extra calories to make sure that you don't you know you don't dip into your recovery and that more of your calories go towards your muscle building that's fine that's yeah that's absolutely fine you're you're still going to be an athlete you still want to play rugby you still want to do um conditioning work when you're gaining muscle if anything that would be the, the time that would be more pertinent to do your conditioning stuff because when you're conditioning yourself um you know, you need to learn how to condition yourself with that extra weight that you're adding to your to your frame. Um, like, otherwise, if you, you know, if you go back to rugby, not only having not done anything for, you know, months on end, but you've also, you're carrying around an extra five to 10 kilograms or however many pounds or whatever. Like, yes, it's going to be that much more difficult. So not only are you out of practice, but you're doing it now with a heavier frame. And yes, you know, hopefully most of that's muscle, it's still got to learn how to perform running and perform you know, rucking or perform for a longer duration. Because so far, all that muscle that you've added, you've only taught how to lift and walk home after the gym. So yeah, absolutely do condition. Now you said doing three sessions of lifting every week and then three sessions of conditioning. That sounds a lot less like you're doing a, you're doing a muscle building phase more that you're doing a whatever phase, right? Because... <laughs> You're you're devoting half of your time or half of your amount of sessions to doing conditioning work. I'd say that if you're someone that really wants to put on muscle, I'd switch that and probably do five sessions gaining muscle um, or five sessions building strength in in a hypertrophy phase. And then the one session doing some sort of extra conditioning. I'd make sure that your, um, your lifting sessions 
are at a decent enough tempo that you are still working the heart rate, right? You're still getting in, you're still conditioning yourself somewhat if you're keeping, you know, a decent um, pace when you're working out. You, you know, you're not resting for eight minutes between a set. Um, you, you know, you're resting as much as you need and then you're banging out another quality set. And especially if you're trying to build muscle, you know, it doesn't matter that you do, you know, it doesn't exactly matter how many reps you get. You could, you could do a set, and I've done this for, um, my guys in Rugby Muscle Elite, some of them who don't have gym access at the minute, like we might do our first set of push-ups or, or rear foot elevated split squats without any weight. And we might bang out 30 to 40 reps on that first set. But then we only rest for like 30, 20 or 30 seconds and we go again. And obviously you're not going to get 30 or 40 sets, uh, reps on that second set, but you're going to push yourself close to failure. And it's pushing yourself close to failure that is what will be building the muscle for you. Okay, so, you know, if it came to absolute out and out and out performance, maybe, but because you're, you know, you're, you're not going to achieve as many reps because you're resting less, but it doesn't really matter because it's, all that matters is that you're getting that volume close to failure and that's therefore going to build muscle. Same like my reps, it works in a similar sort of way. All right, we have, we have gone quite well here on this podcast. I think we are rattling through the questions quite well. We are... um Closing on the 40-minute mark, and so we have time to ask answer Lloyd's question. He says, been listening to you for two years now, mate. Took some time away from rugby, so gave you a rest. Probably a good idea, mate. Uh, but recently, with the idea of returning for one last hurrah, even better idea, mate. So went back to listening to your bodies and uh, finding out about this group. I'll shoot you a question shortly. Oh, and then he gets to the question. Uh, been a long-time listener. But first time poster, I've been tossing up the idea of returning to footy for the past few months. And literally my first step was start listening to you again. Cool. Now, tired prop, played a high level for many years, but retired two years ago, but have itchy feet again. Um, and want to get back to the state where I can start pre-season in January. Um, good luck if that actually happens, if you can start in January. Um, did some baseline testing last week. One rep max squat, 210 kilos. One rep max deadlift. 200 kilos, one max bench, 165 kilos. Bronco time, five minutes, 42. So strength is good. Yes, I'd say your strength is good. But aerobic condition is terrible. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I don't keep track of Bronco times. I think they're pointless. Uh, I've always lifted whilst not playing, clearly. <laughs> but I love lifting the weights. You, you can tell exactly where this question is going. So... Um, let me guess you're a dude that's, you know, you got a, bit, a little bit burnt out from rugby, but you love it. You, you know, you're a prop, you love, uh, working the strength. Um, but now you want to get back to rugby. Obviously you've only been working the strength and you need to get back into game condition. Let's see and read on. Um, I'm five foot 11 sitting 130 kilos. When I retired, I was around, uh, 115 kilos. So two things I want to ask mate. I, probably already have a fair idea of the answer but just need to hear it from you to reinforce it so training i work full-time not a big morning person so my training is mainly in the evenings so in terms of training let me highlight one thing i want to sort of address so in terms of training i've drawn up four full body sessions so do a set of for each body part three times ten plus a little 10 minute burner at the end of each gym session Typically train in the morning in the gym, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday with two aerobic sessions, three to five K steady runs. Am I on the right track? Okay, well, let's address this before we address the nutrition part because that's the second part. So firstly, um, 
you told yourself you're not a morning person, I'd say that's something that you've just told yourself, right? You you can train yourself to be a morning person. I you know, ask anyone that's in university right now, they are not morning people. I remember when I used to have a lecture at nine AM and I thought that was an absolute farce that we had to be in uni at nine AM. Now, like I've gotten so so much shit done by nine AM on most days is ridiculous. I can't believe I used to think that. Um so how you would arrange your day and how you how early you would go to bed would arrange whether you could be a morning person and you know consistency and discipline will help that now if you've got something like you know a young kid um that keeps you up all night or something or a job where you're working late or no way you're getting you know that saying that you're not a morning person is self-fulfilling now in terms of the fact that you can still get in your five sessions i don't think it impacts it but i just wanted to make sure that you like that's don't limit yourself by saying that if you tell yourself you're not a morning person then you're not going to be a morning person but if if you just say right the morning because a lot of people listen to this the only time that is feasible to consistently train is the morning so you have to make yourself a morning person. How do you make yourself a morning person? You go to bed earlier. You have, um, you know, you, you start your your light nighttime routine a lot earlier. You finish your day a lot earlier, and then you you know you re-engineer your day a little bit. Now he also says, um, drawing up four full body sessions. So I would say, in general, it looks good. Two things I would adjust. So at the minute you've drawn up four full body sessions, I would switch that to three. And because it's funny, you can tell how people sort of, you know, your body is always just a, a result, is a constant result of the, you know, the work that you've previously been doing. You've got Dave on one hand who wants to gain muscle, who needs to gain muscle. And he's like, right, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite skinny right now. So I'm looking at doing my training sessions. I'm looking at really building up muscle. So I've got three lifting sessions and three, um, you know three conditioning sessions and that's really going to help me build muscle and likewise you've got the guy that loves um the the gym work and the weights work and he's like right i really need to i know i need to get in condition I, my strength is good i need to get in condition i've got four weight sessions and two conditioning sessions so your advice is going to be the opposite you know that's why you know you're always going to be biased towards lifting weights so that's why you ask the question i'd say you could you could get away especially to begin with, with just lifting twice a week. Um, and you know, your strength is where it needs to be to play at any level, really. You, you know, 165 is a very, 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 it's, it's easily strong enough. 210 kilo squat is easily strong enough. 200 kilo deadlift is easily strong enough. You know, you could probably refine those with more, with better form and like, but more importantly, you'd want to refine, you know, your, your battle is going to be translating that strength to the rugby field and keeping that strength for 80 minutes. So your battle is um, solely being more conditioned. Now doing it, you know, doing 10 minute sessions. Um, you know, if you, if you're a good listener of the podcast, you'll know that like 10 minutes at the end of a gym session, like that doesn't really translate to rugby because rugby's played over 80 minutes. So, you know, however hard you work for 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes rugby's played over 80 minutes so you need to work your aerobic system so i would i would take at least one of those sessions out if not two of those and replace those with aerobic or tempo conditioning works maybe gym-based circuits would be a good idea um a lactic work would be a good idea um all that sort of stuff and i think uh not, not yeah a lactic so you do that five to ten seconds um intervals with a minute or so rest and you do sessions like that and then 
you'd only do two sessions really where you would work on either just keeping your strength so you you could do you know five by five on or something or three by five um you know 20 to 26 repetitions total per push pull hinge squat that probably cover your bases because you're already strong enough okay you know the amount of work you need to do to maintain is significantly less than you need to do to gain so you all you need to do is make sure that you're not getting any weaker um so I would switch your sessions. I'd make sure you're doing more conditioning than what you've already programmed here. Um, but it is on hundred percent is on the right track. Um, you know, you could do, and I'd still keep in two of those. So that's probably what I would do is I'd keep the two aerobic sessions in steady state. I wouldn't do three K I'd do at least five K. Um, and then I would change two of your sessions to, um, high output power work or, one of the sessions to a high output power work and one of the sessions to more of a tempo based work. And then you've got your two lifting sessions that will keep you, you know, doing your lifting because that's what you enjoy. Um, and go somewhere from there. I'd also make sure we're planned long term, but that's a, that's a good start, dude. Okay. Second part nutrition. I want to, I know you're a big advocate for macros. So do I work out macros on my lean mass or desired body weight? It doesn't really matter. Um, I, um, I'd say lean, lean mass. Um, yeah, lean mass and desired body weight is probably the same thing. Um, and also what you got to understand is when you calculate it, that's just your numbers for that first week or your first two weeks. And then you adjust your numbers based off of where your body weight goes. You know, for example, if you base your numbers off of um, lean mass, right, and you, you plug them in and you, and you start training and all of a sudden you realize, holy crap, like... I'm losing three kilos a week. I've lost three kilos this first week. You know that you could probably eat a little bit more than that because you don't need to lose three kilos every single week. Likewise, if you, you know, if you plugged in your numbers and you actually end up gaining a week, I mean, gaining a kilo, you realize that you're probably not as active as you, you thought you were. So then, you know, if you're someone, especially if you're in lockdown, like your, your, average calories that you're burning day to day are probably going to be a lot less particularly if you live in an apartment you don't leave that apartment you could get away for a full day walking less than a thousand steps right so you're, you're burning fuck all calories which means that you know you don't need that many calories on a day-to-day basis which you know is is a bit annoying because you might want to eat more but you have to you know it is what it is you could you could either bump up those steps or bump up that day-to-day movement or you just figure out ways to eat less calories, both of which are very applicable solutions. Um, so again, the challenge of trying to is trying to lose the weight that you put on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the next part of the question says, and also the total calories still need to be in a deficit. I mean, the deficit is just what the numbers say on the scale. You want the numbers to, you know, you said you've got what your playing weight was. Um, let's scroll back up here. So you're 15 kilos. So if you can lose um, a kilo a week, right, that's you back to your playing weight in 15 weeks, in less than four months. I think that's pretty good going. Um, I, I, that's what I would target for. I would target for a kilo a week um, and eat the amount that, you know, if you don't hit that kilo a week, um, I would lower your calories for the week. If you hit more than a kilo a week, I would keep them where they are. If you hit two kilos... I would bump up your calories a little bit. Um, 
But that target is always moving because as you start to weigh less, your body requires less calories because there's less of you to fuel to move around. So bear that in mind. So that number is always, always, always moving. Um, Mate, if I'm in the same room as food, I put on weight. Yeah, so probably you're going to be someone that plugs in the numbers and you don't lose weight and you're like, fuck, this isn't working. But then again, you could be someone that you just have no idea how much you're eating because you eat a lot of unconscious food. So like, sometimes it comes down to getting into better dietary habits. The amount of people that tell me, like, you know, I swear I don't, you know, I must have a really slow metabolism because I don't eat anything. And, you know, you know, that example of a handful of nuts, you might eat 700 calories of nuts whilst you're in the car and you completely forget, but that's 700 calories every day that you eat that you don't even register. And I would guess that that is also what goes on here. Um, so I need to lose weight, be good to try and get some of this weight off fast as I initially, initially, as I know, it will motivate me. So maybe you lose, you try and lose one and a kilo and a half a week. That would be what I would look at. Um, I wouldn't lose any faster than that. Um, I think a kilo a week is is plenty fast enough, to be honest. Um, but you could shoot for one point five. But the problem with that is that you're already saying to me that you will lose. You know, you look at you're in the same room and you put on weight. It suggests to me that like maybe you know, and you've gained fifteen kilos in two years. And it, you know, it sounds like I'm being harsh. I hope I'm not. But you know, if you put on fifteen kilos in in two years that you haven't played rugby. That suggests to me that you don't quite have great dietary habits. So I would say lose this weight a kilo a week, you know, and you say you want to lose it fast to keep yourself motivated. If you see that one kilo a week coming off every single week, like, yes, it's slow, but you see it. Like for most people, they don't keep track of any of this data so that they don't think they're losing weight fast when in actual fact, like they're losing quite well, but they don't know it. So they're like, oh, I'm not losing fast enough. And then they give up. And it's not because they don't, they're not losing weight fast enough. It's that they don't even know that they're losing weight. They're constantly questioning yourself. So, um, you know, I would really try and make sure that you have an idea of like what you're eating, stay consistent with that. And if you lose a kilo a week whilst building really good solid habits, um, you're onto a winner. Um, I would also not worry too much about, you know, I'd worry about macros and I'd track everything, but I'd also look at the, um, was it the physique nutrition, um video series which is on rugby dash muscle rugby dash muscle.com forward slash nutrition or forward slash diet and there's a video series where i run through like how to structure your own diet because so many people like you go straight to macros and you still haven't learned how to eat properly on a day-to-day basis so then once you've lost the weight and you've got into shape you're still constantly putting forth effort to just track your macros whereas the more habitual you can create your nutrition protocol the easier it is to stay on top of um, and the, the, you know, the less you're likely to rebound afterwards. Um, be good to try and get some of this weight off fast initially as well. Just keep me motivated. Just thought I'd ask as most of the pods, pods are usually based around increasing strength size. I'm pretty much the opposite. No, you're not like so many people are like this. Um, so just for you getting in decent shape, losing that weight means that you're not going to carry around, a 15 kilo vest or weighted vest around with you when you're playing. So definitely just lose weight and, you know, get yourself in, in better aerobic condition by dropping out. You don't have to do that many lifting sessions. Um, obviously want to look good naked, uh, commit to a preseason program. Um, yeah. Love your work, TJ. Thanks buddy. Um, where do I give you a review? You go to Apple podcasts 
And if you're an Android person, I think you go to stitcher.com. That would help out massively. Um, and give us a five star review. Those reviews come in and they really do help spread the show. They help it. Um, they help all of the algorithms and the show is growing exponentially this year, solely based off of the back of the reviews. Cause I can keep these podcasts going, um, because the listenership is growing and I'm a poet without even knowing. Boom. All right. With that in mind, guys, thank you so much for listening. That will wrap up this live Q&A. Dave, you're joining me just as I'm leaving. Thanks for the comment, bud. Um, thank you, everyone, for the support. If you're interested in coaching, which is something that could be massive, massively helpful over this um, Christmas into New Year period where there is no rugby, where there's all the temptation, where, you know, if we go back to a preseason in January or February, I mean, think how bad a shape most people go back to preseason when it's just after the summer. Think about how bad a shape people get into over Christmas. Now you're going to have to, you know, you can combine those things. So I think um, getting some coaching during this time, I've got some spots open right now, and I'm happy to take on guys that want to really come back to preseason whenever that is, if it's in January, if it's in February, if it's in March, or if you just want to, you know, get in the best shape of your life, rugby-muscle.com forward slash elite. Five-star reviews all around. Thumbs up if you're listening to this on the YouTube channel. Um, comment any questions that you have for the next Q&A below. Um, and subscribe if you haven't so you continually get all these podcasts um, delivered seamlessly and easily directly to your phone. And I'll see you guys in the next one. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Robbie Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.